I thought I would figure this out. I feel like I have to be perfect. Always on. Always moving. Why, Why is it, is it, it so, so loud? <sighs> I desperately need a place where I can slow down. A space to call home. A home that allows me time to process. To discover who, who I'm, I'm meant, meant to be. be. We were never meant to do life on our own. So I, I, I will be a part of something greater. I learned recently on one of my favorite shows, Chef's Table, about a fascinating woman, chef, restaurateur, and author Asma Khan. She's an Indian-born second daughter with a remarkable vision for her life. She began hosting pop-up supper clubs for a dozen or so guests in people's homes, and folks began to take notice. Soon into her endeavor, a restaurant owner attending a dinner party tasted her food and invited her to do a pop-up in his restaurant. The pop-up was so successful that stars like Danny DeVito offered to invest in her vision and encouraged her to build her own restaurant. She's since launched several successful restaurant brands around the world. But the most fascinating part is what her world-renowned restaurants are all predominantly staffed solely by women who are all self-taught amateur chefs. None of the women have had formal culinary training, but all were willing to place themselves under Asma Khan's mentoring. She teaches them knife skills and flavor profiles, but also what it means to bring their full presence to hospitality. She reminds her staff regularly that people should feel at home around the table in their restaurant. For everyone around each of our tables bears the image of God. Ozma has come along and helped these team members be more than they ever imagined they could be. They each play their part in preparing excellent cuisine and creating a hospitable atmosphere where people can be seen and celebrated around a table. I love Ozma's story and her vision for these women to find their purpose. Something about it draws me in. As a pastor and a coach, I love to see people discover, own, and pursue their purpose. Don't you long to be living out your purpose in this life? Whether you're a parent, a student, a professional, little in life compares to knowing that you are operating at the center of your purpose in this world. I think each one of us is wired to want purpose like that. Here at Community, we believe that you will find your purpose in what we call the you plus life. We dare to imagine that you were made on purpose and for a purpose, and we want to help you discover that purpose. Both individually and collectively, we want to live into our purpose together. As we dive in today, let me remind you of where we've been in this You Plus series. In week one, we learned that you plus is an invitation to step into the life and life to the full that Jesus came to bring. When Jesus walked among us, he taught and modeled this way of life. 
It's what we're calling the you plus life. And we experience it by living as Jesus' disciples. We introduced a simple definition of a disciple that is key to following Jesus. A disciple is a person who hears from God and does what God says. In week two, we learned that disciples of Jesus choose to live lives aligned with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the sphere in which what God wants done is done. It's the realm in which God's will reigns. It's what reality looks like when God's dream and intentions for our lives is being lived out. The kingdom of God is often in conflict with the kingdoms of this world. And so disciples of Jesus release their attachments to the kingdoms of this world in order to choose Jesus' way of life in the kingdom of God. But how do we learn Jesus' kingdom way of life? Well, by listening to and following Jesus' teachings. Probably the best place to learn about life in the kingdom of God is in Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. The sermon is a sort of beginner's guide to life in the kingdom of God. And so last week, we started the sermon with the Beatitudes, Jesus' upside-down, counterintuitive list of who is really blessed. Jesus calls blessed people no one would have seen as blessed, uh, the poor in spirit, the meek, those who mourn. They were the blessed ones, not because of what they achieved or owned, but because the source of all true blessing was sitting right in front of them inviting them to follow him into a new way of life, the kingdom life, the you plus life. Jesus said to a group of wobbly and weary people sitting on a hillside, wherever you find yourself, whatever you're going through, you are blessed because the kingdom is now open to you. The Beatitudes are good news. And as surprised as this group of people must have been to hear that they were the blessed ones, I think what Jesus says next had to seem outright unbelievable. Let's pick up the sermon right after the Beatitudes as Jesus looks at the faces before him and pronounces, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Notice the audacity of what Jesus says to this ragtag group of disciples sitting before him. You are the salt of the earth, not just the salt of your cul-de-sac or your neighborhood. You are the light of the world, not just the light of your office building or your school, Jesus looks into the faces of this group of ordinary folks sitting before him and declares that they will be a community that impacts the entire 
world. I want you to notice a couple things about this audacious pronouncement. First, the pronouncement is communal. We can't see this in English, but the original word in the Greek for you is plural. In our individualistic culture, we often feel pressure to make something of ourselves, to make an impact on our own. But the kingdom of God is, isn't comprised of striving individuals. Jesus has a vision for who we will be together as a community of people. Together, we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. This pronouncement is communal. And second, the pronouncement is preemptive. Notice Jesus says, you are, not you ought to be, or you could be, or you should be, but you are. Jesus makes this audacious pronouncement to people who haven't yet done anything. Here's why this is so important. You see, in the upside down way of the kingdom of God, your worth isn't based on your accomplishments. You aren't valued for what you've achieved. Jesus has a high view of you before you ever do a single thing for him. Still, how could Jesus say such an audacious thing? How could he look at this ragtag group of ordinary folks and see them as a community of world changers? Why on earth does he look at us and see the same thing? Well, here's the clue. It's not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is. When you think about it, salt and light are objects meant to have an impact on something else. Neither salt or light are intended to be the center of attention. Salt and light are not meant to be the focus of their purpose. You don't eat salt straight from the shaker, right? <laughs> at least I hope you don't. And you don't turn on a light to stare at the bulb. That would really hurt and frankly do the opposite of light's very purpose of helping you see. We salt our food so that the flavors already present come to life. We turn on lights to illuminate what is already there, making it visible to our human perception. Our role as salt and light then is also one of impact. We are to reveal the presence of Jesus and the availability of his kingdom to all people. We impact the world not by becoming something great, but by making Jesus greatly known. I love the way Eugene Peterson renders these verses about salt and light in his message interpretation. He writes, let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out God colors in the world. We are to be salt and light, revealing the God flavors and God colors to those all around us, to the whole world. Again, the enormity of this purpose could be overwhelming if we forget who gets centered in activating our purpose as salt and light. It's not about becoming something great ourselves. It's about making Jesus greatly known. 
Author Sky Jathani clarifies for us, to be the salt and light of the world does not require a person to do extraordinary acts or amass spectacular influence. The world does not need more ambitious Christians. Rather, salt and light are to be the outcomes of ordinary lives lived in rich communion with God. Our world desperately needs more of those. Our world is in desperate need of people who are willing to decenter themselves in order to center Jesus. As John the Baptist, who carried out his own role as salt and light, puts it, he must become greater. I must become less. I think we could all agree that this is the opposite of how the kingdoms of the world operate. This upside down and backwards way of viewing our lives is so different from the messages many of us received growing up and certainly miles apart from how we often assess success, power, accomplishment, or performance today. For example, check out this story from Robert Cringely that he shares in his book, Accidental Empires, regarding the early days of Apple. In the late 1970s, Apple had grown beyond the point that all the employees knew each other on site. So they decided, like grown-up companies do, they should all have name badges. As is the corporate way, it was deemed that these badges should be numbered and the number would be assigned based on the order in which employees had joined the company. Steve Wozniak was declared employee number one. Steve Jobs was number two. And so on. Jobs didn't want to be number two. He didn't want to be second in anything. Jobs argued that he, rather than Wozniak, should have the sacred number one since they were co-founders of the company and J came before W in the alphabet. When that plan was rejected, he argued that the number zero was still unassigned, and since zero was before one, Jobs would be happy to take that number. He ended up getting the number one. Isn't that the way of the kingdoms of the world? In the kingdoms of the world, we center ourselves. But like Jesus said, when we do that, we lose our saltiness. Family, being willing to decenter ourselves means instead of being people who constantly ask, well, what do I think? Or what do I want? Or how do I get my way? We become people who constantly ask, how can I help reveal Jesus and the upside-down way of His kingdom at this moment, in this place? Think about how this would bring a different flavor to the earth, a different view to our world. What if Jesus' followers became known for this upside-down way of living? Rather than being viewed as judgmental, what if we were the safest and most welcoming group of people on the face of the planet? What if rather than jockeying for power or prestige, we gave up our seats and we advocated for the marginalized? What if rather than hoarding our resources and storing them up, we became known as the most generous people in the world? This is what the early church was known for, and we get to continue that kind of work. Our invitation is to be salt and light. It's an invitation to accentuate and illuminate Jesus. 
In fact, when I think back to the story of Chef Asma Khan, my favorite part about her story is that the star of the story isn't Asma herself, or even her team of remarkably gritty women who run her world-renowned restaurants. The star of the story is the food they produce and the people they nourish as a result of their individual and collective purpose. In a similar way, in the story we are living together, we are not intended to be the star. As we live out our purpose, spreading God flavors and God colors into the world, people will experience the true star of our story in Jesus. In the vision God has given us for you plus, our intention is to come alongside one another as we live out our purpose together. We want to support and encourage you as you take next steps as a disciple of Jesus. We want to walk with you as you hear from God and help you discern how God is speaking to you so that you can do what God says. After all, following Jesus is meant to be a communal endeavor. That's why we're challenging every person who calls community their church home to sign up for a U plus conversation. When you sign up, you'll start your journey by doing some pre-work that will help you listen for God. And then you'll schedule a conversation with a facilitator. That could be your small group leader, or it could be another person here at community who's trained to come alongside you as you discern your next steps. And it could be that God has a next step for you to take in the area of the Sermon on the Mount that we talked about today, a next step in living as salt and light. Let's talk for just a minute about what those potential next steps could be. It could be that God will speak to you about taking a next step in the blessed practices. These are the simple missional practices we can engage in to be a blessing wherever we live, work, or play. The acronym BLESS stands for begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve, and share your story. It could be that as you hear from God, He will put on your heart a particular person or group of people or place that He wants you to bless. You could be part of bringing God flavors and God colors to those people and places. Another possible salt and light next step might be to become involved in Community Cares. This is a ministry of community focused on bringing more and more of God's kingdom to earth as it is in heaven within our local communities. Through Community Cares, you could help bring God flavors and God colors to a local school by becoming a Kids Hope mentor or an area prison by getting involved in community freedom. Or perhaps God will speak to you about serving people who are experiencing homelessness or donating to a local food pantry or learning more about racial solidarity by joining a living undivided cohort. For some of us, God might speak to us about becoming involved with a microchurch. A microchurch is a smaller but full expression of community Christian church right where you live, work, or play. We've come alongside people in our church who have sensed God speaking to them about starting a microchurch, one for millennials, another for families with special needs, even one for those in an assisted living facility. It could be 
that if you listen for God, He'll speak to you about starting a microchurch. We don't know what your next step is, but we believe that as we go through this series, God wants to speak to you. And it may be that He has a next step for you to take in this area of living out your purpose as salt and light. We simply want to help you hear from Him about what your unique next steps are and encourage you to do what God says. As we started having these conversations with staff members and leaders and our families, we're already seeing and hearing amazing things. Getting to engage with my son in one of these conversations, he shared that he would like to find ways to serve others who are in need, specifically by serving them a meal. And I can't wait to watch him experience making a difference in the lives of other people. Every week of the series, we're going to challenge you to sign up for a U Plus conversation so that we can come alongside you and encourage you to take your next step as a disciple of Jesus. You can learn more at uplus.info or by scanning the QR code on the screen. Together, we are called to be salt and light, to be reflections of Jesus to the entire world. In our everyday, ordinary lives, we get to bring out the God flavors and the God colors in this world. What if God's purpose for us isn't to do great, extraordinary things on our own, but to invite Him into the everyday, mundane things we already do? What if that is the way we bring more of God's kingdom to earth? Theologian N.T. Wright puts it this way, What you do in the present by painting, preaching, singing, sewing, praying, teaching, building hospitals, digging wells, campaigning for justice, writing poems, caring for the needy, loving your neighbor as yourself will last into God's future. These activities are not simply ways of making the present life a little less beastly or a little more bearable until the day when we leave it behind altogether. They are part of what we may call building for God's kingdom. Family, let's pursue the U plus life together. Let's live as salt and light, revealing the presence of Jesus and the availability of His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Let's impact the world, not by becoming something great, but by making Jesus greatly known.